you're listening to the Ready for Departure podcast, written and presented by Microlight pilot Steve Middleton. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 15 of the Ready for Departure podcast. I'm pleased to report that the weather this summer in the UK, and particularly the north of England, has been absolutely fantastic, and that means I've managed to fly four-third flights as pilot in command since episode 14. One of those flights involved a landaway at a new airport, Carnarvon, but might be a bit of a cheat since I flew that with a fellow pilot, Adrian, and he performed the outbound leg, including the landing there. I see the Carnarvon trip as a valuable part of my goal to continually push myself and improve my skills. It was certainly a unique experience sitting in the right-hand seat instead of the usual left-hand, and it did feel odd since it was the first time in two years I've sat in a Eurostar EV97 and not been expected to take the controls. At first, I didn't even know what to do with my hands and feet, but I soon figured it out. Adrian and I both qualified at the same time, and our pilot's licenses were both issued in the same week, so we're roughly at the same sort of experience level, which meant that while we made it clear who the pilot in command was in each direction, we were able to help each other out with navigation, radio, and transponder tuning and airspace clearance. This made the flight much easier and more relaxed than I think it would have been if either of us had been on our own or with a non-pilot passenger. Apart from Carnarvon, I've not actually landed at any other airport since my final qualifying cross-country flight, although that's not for want of trying. I'm recording this on Sunday night and flew a wonderful little route to the Welsh coast with my wife Kat earlier today, however that wasn't the original plan. I was hoping to fly to Sherbin in Elmer, Yorkshire, and it had been mostly planned since Wednesday evening, however a last minute check in no times last night showed that it was due to be closed during my slot. Scrap Sherbin for now then, let's see if we can get a double slot and fly to Slape in Shropshire for lunch. A quick check of the weather in no time shows it should be okay and it looks like the aircraft is free after the slot I've booked. So I go ahead and submit a request with the flight school for the extra slot space. I get an early night and look up at getting up early to plan the flight to sleep. However, a text from the flight school is waiting for me when I wake up. Someone else has beat me to that slot. Well, okay, I still have a single slot booked and while it probably means a land a ways off, we can still fly somewhere. Looking for inspiration, I only have to look as far as the excellent Rory On Air YouTube channel. Rory has recently documented a flight from Barton, my home base, around Liverpool's controlled airspace across the coast and back round and up the Manchester low level route. I can now tell you it's a great trip, well worth doing. While at times it's quite a demanding flight, with today being no exception since it was quite bumpy, and that made it really difficult to maintain an accurate heading and altitude, there's a lot of controlled airspace adjacent to the and above the flight path, plus my plan was to get a zone transit over Harden's airfield, so negotiating that added to the workload. Luckily for me, Kat is quite a confident passenger, so I tasked her with helping me to change radio frequencies and transponder codes, and that definitely helped with the workload, especially while I was busy talking to Harden. The Liverpool Loop, as I think I will now call this route, takes in fantastic views of Aintree Racecourse, Liverpool's docks, the North Wales coast, Snowdon in the distance, the Airbus Beluga sometimes, and Beeston Castle. And for motorway fans like Cat, there's the M58, M56, M62, M6 and M60 motorways to fly over and photograph. So there was loads to look at and enjoy whilst flying the Liverpool Loop, and I'll definitely be taking a few passengers around this route in the future, since it really is very scenic. But there was also lots to learn from this flight, and in fact every flight since that first passenger flight just about one month ago has taught me something new, or reminded me of important points that I may have forgotten, also known as bad habits. There was the flight, I won't say which one, where I forgot to do a walk around of the aircraft before start up and take off. I haven't missed that step since. When I took my third passenger, my video camera died because I assumed it was still fully charged. There was the Carnarvon trip where the audio recorder ran out of storage space halfway through the flight because I had not deleted the previous flight's recordings. 
and smaller mistakes that annoyed me but didn't affect safety or enjoyment. Ballsing up my join call on a Carnarvon return was particularly embarrassing as I had a fellow pilot sat next to me. And talking about ballsing things up on the Carnarvon flight, turning onto base leg too soon. I elected for a go around which was a good decision and the subsequent landing was alright too so I'm happy with my decision making there. I think I may have even forgot to select a transponder code during one of my recent flights despite reading it back. And while I haven't reviewed the video of the Liverpool Loop flight yet, I think the only mistake I can recall was not having my pen ready to copy instructions down when I called up Harden for his own transit. It felt like an age before I grabbed the pen, wrote down the instructions and then read it back. I was half expecting Harden to come back at me before I had a chance to reply. Ah yes, lookout. I have to say I think my lookout on this last flight was poor. I brief all my passengers to look out for other aircraft and up until today not one of them has spotted another aircraft before me. As I was negotiating initial call with Harden, fighting the thermal bumps and attempting to consult my map to explain my intended routing, Cat spotted another aircraft, similar altitude, just off to our right. It was a bit of a late sighting if I'm honest. I gave him a wing wobble and showed him some wings to let him know I'd seen him and then gave him a wide berth. At least this time, my John call was good. In fact, I think in general my radio work was a lot better on this flight than the last few that came before and my circuit and approach was exactly as I was taught. Another good thing to come from this flight was my use of gadgets. I'm a big fan of Sky Demon, not as a replacement for good old fashioned map and compass navigation but as an extra aid and I've been having trouble with my iPad due to the unusually hot weather we've been experiencing lately, not that I'm complaining. I think the fact that I had the iPad on an e-board, coupled with the 360 degree bubble canopy of the Eurostar, meant that the iPad was overheating and shutting down during my recent flights. I even switched to running Skydemon on my iPhone and purchased an e-board for that too, however I had similar problems with that overheating as well. So earlier this week I splashed out and bought a RAM mount kit for my iPad mini as the school's fleet of aircraft have suitable mounting points on the dash. What a difference. The main problem appears to be solved, no shutdowns during a 90 minute flight in almost 30 degree heat and I also felt less cluttered on my side of the cockpit since the aircraft's dash mount is on the right hand side. Definite positive during this flight and I wish I'd not bothered with kneeboards for gadgets in the first place. Ah well, another learning point. Back to being critical with myself, I'm not happy with my landings right now. The last one was not bad or unsafe but I feel like I've landed before I was ready if that makes any sense. The ground arrived a lot quicker than I had anticipated anyway and I'm conscious it's been a while since I've practiced glide approaches and flapless approaches and even stalls and steep turns. I've not wanted to inflict them on passengers who are new to flying light aircraft, but at some point soon I will need to practice them. It may be that I take a flight on my own just to practice those important skills. On the other hand, perhaps Cat will be up for some practice manoeuvres. Stalls and practice force landings are most definitely on the menu at some point. For the immediate future, I promise to take my sister on a flight somewhere with a nice cafe so we can have lunch out. I'm still hopeful we will get to Sherburne while the weather's good, but as both new and experienced pilots know, we have to adapt to the conditions, be that weather or no tams or anything else outside our control. I've tried not to let cancelled lessons get me down during my training because it would be easy to become disheartened by such things, and I'm glad that that thinking has continued post-qualification. The last thing in the world that I would want would be to take a flight into poor weather, infringe airspace or put myself or my passenger or the aircraft into any kind of compromised condition. It's safety first, enjoyment second. And with those thoughts, I'll leave you for this episode of the Ready for Departure podcast. I hope you enjoyed this one. If you did, then please do subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Just search for Ready for Departure. And if you'd like to give us a star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, that will be fab. The podcast is also available via Stitcher, Radio Republic and many other podcast providers. 
If you're an Apple hater, you can now load the episodes in MP3 format at www.readyfordeparture.uk. This week we've launched our new channel logo, which you can see on our Twitter and Facebook pages. I do hope you like it. Do take a look, go to twitter.com forward slash readyfordepart and follow us please. And our Facebook page is at facebook.com slash readyfordepartureuk. And feel free to suggest anyone you think we should have on future episodes. Finally, videos of the flights that are an inspiration for this podcast can be viewed on my YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash C slash Steve Middleton. Please do watch, comment and subscribe if you can. Your feedback is very much appreciated. Thanks for listening to the Ready for Departure podcast. Music was by Josh Woodward and Chris Zabriskie. You can find out more and get in touch at readyfordeparture.uk.